doing it all again. I ain't even gonna keep going. Been on the choir for a little bit. <laughs> what is he doing all again? What is it that we are celebrating, that we are saying, yes, you're doing it all again? What is it that he's doing all again? Can anybody tell me? He's saving all again. He's redeeming all again. He's picking us up and he's a lifter of our heads all again. Whatever you need, God's got it. Every single day of our lives, no matter what the enemy throws at us, he's still a redeemer. tonight. You can stand if you want. You can sit if you want. Just don't sit down on me, okay? I thank God for this opportunity. I thank God for the Rock Church and you all here. I thank God for my family. I thank God for my husband. I heard one of the sisters say, you know, women get married, they can't wait to say husband. I thank God for my husband. God has blessed me indeed. I know he's watching tonight, honey. I love you and I miss you. <laughs> he makes my liver quiver, my bladder splatter. <laughs> and he's a man of God. And he lives it. Amen, amen. I don't know what God's gonna do with me tonight. <laughs> I usually get up here and exhort for a few minutes and we go to heaven and we shout and we have fun. And I don't know if I was exactly feeling that tonight, but you know what? I wanna follow the Holy Ghost, amen? If my style doesn't match my usual style or the style of the great preachers, whoo, we've been having some great, great preaching, amen? I mean, I told Brother Stewart, man, if I'm ever in the hood or anything, I wanna roll with you, you know? Gospel gangster, you know what I mean? <laughs> He got the Holy Ghost bulletproof vest, right? <laughs> Shout out to Sister Stewart, Brother Pastor Trevor, Pastor Hammond, Pastor Sferlaza, Pastor, Brother Collins, Brother Matthew, anybody that I miss, I'm sorry, Brother Judah, all these great ministers. I don't feel like I really measure up, but then I'm not supposed to compare myself, right? <laughs> I just wanna follow the Holy Ghost. Why don't you take your seat real quick? I just wanna talk to you for a little bit, and then we're gonna read the Word of God, amen? Man, broken. Woo how many are still in that vein? You know, it was so incredible when we walked into the sanctuary and we seen it filled up. It started to fill up and fill up and fill up. And I looked into the balconies and I said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the harvest, Brother Gomez, woo, powerful. I might need your help tonight, bruh. <laughs> 
I felt that, and I didn't let them know that I'm a part of Kingdom Kid, but I felt that in the Holy Ghost, so I just stood up. <laughs> in fact, we all should have stood up. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a position. All you have to do is just stand up and support the kingdom of God. Whether you cook for these kids because they're going to have meals, whether you volunteer to help, whether you pull a kid in that you, that you think that the Lord is trying to reach, they may be abused. You don't know what's going on in their life. Everybody in this church should have stood up and said, yes, I'm a part of kingdom kids. Amen. Some of you don't feel me tonight. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, Bishop, I'll preach in a library. You won't be bothered. <laughs> Pastor Hammond, I love you, man. And Sister Leteria, you, you all did an amazing job and broken. Thank you for allowing our family to be a part of it. And I thought about Pastor Hammond on today. I'm going to be preaching on some points and things that God has placed in my heart. I don't know if I'm going to preach or teach. I don't know. I'm just going to let God just use this broken vessel. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be. I don't try to be. But I'm just in love with the maker. <laughs> I'm in love with the lover of my soul. He's called me to do this, and I want to do it with all my strength, all my might, everything that's in me. Amen? Pastor Hammond is not just my brother in Christ. He's my friend, and he is an encourager. And when I just beheld the audience and the practices, he, their team was here, I mean, for hours <laughs> practicing. And we don't know what happened behind the scene and writing the play. And I thought about the work, you know, and how he's taken on a new position at his job. And that in itself can be a job. <laughs> and then leaving that and having to come in and change in, out of work mode into kingdom-minded mode. And stay here all night working to perfect something with, with kids. It's not easy working with kids. <laughs> it's probably why half of us didn't stand up behind kingdom kids. <laughs> and I get it. <laughs> And the dedication, and I just want to say thank you to the Hammonds. I love y'all with all my heart. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you may stand, we're going to go before the, the Lord. And Brother JJ, stay with me. The band, if you want to stay or not, it's up to you. Brother JJ, don't leave me, all right? <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that's been on my heart that I've been praying about. When God places things on my heart, Sometimes, I don't know about ministers in here, but sometimes it's like, oh, that's a great word, word to preach. But I had to find myself getting out of that mode and saying, God, preach it to me. When you give it to me, preach it to me, amen? I don't have a title tonight. I don't. I searched all over, couldn't find one. <laughs> I don't expect to be before you very long tonight, but I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will manifest itself in revelation tonight to our minds. Amen. We're going to be reading out of the book of Ephesians. Uh, we're going to start, well, we're going to begin with chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to probably read down to the 22nd or 23rd or the 21st first voice, verse. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all with me tonight? You going to preach with me tonight? All right. It's the word of God. It's not the word of tab. So we all right. Amen. <laughs> uh, the eyes of their... You know what, let's go to 17, 17, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. Please stand with me. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is the scripture right here, y'all, 18. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. I can't speak for anyone, but I can speak for myself. That at the end of the day, when it all boils down, being apostolic is just loving God with everything that's in me. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, right? And then loving my neighbor with the love of God that flows through me onto them. We don't always get it right, but God is a redeemer. <laughs> it just didn't happen at the cross. It's, it's, a, it's a residual redemption effect, amen? Um, it's called redemptive lift. <laughs> Why don't we raise our hands to heaven? over the church of Ephesus. Um, he didn't pray these prayers. This is, this is out of the, the epistle, of course. And he didn't pray th these prayers or write this epistle to admonish them or to correct them, although he did do that a lot to various churches that he established. But he sent this epistle to the church at Ephesus to encourage the believers. 
And I just want to be a conduit of God's love to encourage every believer in this house tonight. I'm not here to beat anyone over the head. I'm not here to challenge you and make you feel like you don't do this enough or do that enough. Um, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and I don't work for him. <laughs> I don't work for him. So Paul had visited Ephesus around 53 AD while on his third missionary journey. Ephesus was the capital and premier city of Asia Minor's western region. It was initially colonized by the Athenians. And a little history about, the, uh, about Athens uh, most of you may already know, it's one of the oldest named cities in the world, and it's situated in southern Europe and became the leading city in ancient Greece in its first millennium BC. Believe it or not, it was the culture that laid the foundation of Western civilization. I didn't know. Thus, the Western world, meaning or primarily referring to the various nations and states in the regions of Australia, Australia Europe, and the Americas. Um, it is said that the Athens invented democracy. We know what democracy is, right? A new type of government where every citizen could vote on important issues. And they, in, they invented democracy and whether they could um, declare war or not. So these democratic roots of Athenian imperialism in the 5th century BC are very similar, if not almost exact, to our democratic model. So they have some terms that translate to English, and I'm gonna slaughter them, but it's okay. It's <laughs> um, isonomia, which means equality before the law, isagori, which means freedom of speech, and kionia, which means community identity. So these were their central values of their democratic system. Now the name Athens is connected to the name of its goddess, Athena. The Athenians built numerous temples they erected these just amazing, beautiful temples, dedicating them to their god, their goddess Athena, in which they organized festivals to honoring their goddesses as well. Now, Asia Minor is the place where the continents, uh, continents of Asia and Europe meet. In the past, Asia Minor was a meeting point for travelers passing between Asia and Europe. So here you have the church at Ephesus, situated in this region, I mean, a small church, a remnant that Paul is discipling and pulling those who are accustomed to polytheism, accustomed to idol worship, accustomed to the cultures of the Athenians who migrated from Europe to this place. He's pulling them out of that paganism, out of lasciviousness, out of the miry clay, out of sin, and to a world where they can be redeemed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, we understand that during Paul's ministry, the Holy Ghost fell. So they went and preached the gospel. You must, be, you must repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And one thing that amazes me about the apostle Paul is that he had the revelation of go ye thereforth. He was not afraid. And in this era, in the era of antiquity, they didn't have the automobiles that we have today to plunge them out forward and fast. They traveled by foot, <laughs> by Camelac, <laughs> and all other sources that had them or took them journeys and journeys and journeys, three days, three weeks, just to get to certain lands and to preach the gospel. 
And this goes for me as well as it may go for some of you. Sometimes we have a hard time on a Saturday getting out of our beds, Brother Leo, to make it to the house of the Lord in our Cadillacs. <laughs> I'm not here to beat anybody up. Like I said, this is for me. And I thought about, you know, how Paul's conversion on the road of Damascus and how God got a hold of him and how God blinded him. He had to go to that extreme to get Paul's attention and how Paul was converted and how God used his men of God to bring conversion to Paul. It shows us that in the body of Christ, we are ever linked and we are an ever linking network of redemption for Jesus Christ. Am I in the right church tonight? There's somebody that prayed for us some of us had our road to Damascus experience for us to even, for God to even get our attention to lead us into the house of God. So I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to some of you. How dare we sit down and not go link arms with the world out there? That is the only way that we're going to be able to fill these balconies like it was filled on Sunday. God forbid that we only concern ourselves with a Sunday Easter service and not every single day these doors are open. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want God to give me the same revelation that he gave Paul. It doesn't matter what I face, whether I'm shipwrecked or I'm bitten on the hand by a deadly serpent or I'm stoned and left for dead or they drag me out of the city. I'm going to dust myself off and continue on in the gospel of Jesus Christ. During Paul's visit, although he encountered many souls that were one and converted to Jesus Christ, he also encountered others who opposed his preaching in the synagogues and homes. And I thought about Sunday morning how we had an interesting group of people that were stationed or situated right on the corner trying to deter people from coming into the truth and into the house of God. I told my kids, I said, don't be alarmed. This happened way back then. The devil doesn't have new tricks. He just keeps Cycling them. You think they gave a simple mind to any of those people who were trying to stop the move of God? It doesn't matter if they stand on the corner with a billboard or some kind of stationary project. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And then God sent the rain. That reminded me of the Jonah scene. <laughs> He's in the rain. <laughs> we always pray it. Lord, send the rain. Let me tell you, I don't care who it is standing on the corner. They may seem docile. They may seem like they come in the name of peace. They are a curse. They are, they are anti-God. They are preaching against the name of Jesus. Paul is reminding the saints at Ephesus that their Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ, had blessed them with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He reminded them that they were chosen by Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. He also reminds them of their redemption through the blood of Christ. Oh, man, we celebrate that blood every single time we come in here. I know it was the blood. Woo! My God, my God. I get excited about talking about the blood of Jesus. 
that flowed from Calvary. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We should never forget how bound we were when we were out there in sin. We should never forget how much the devil had control of our minds and had us locked up. We were on a road to perdition. We were going through life aimlessly. We didn't have no real direction. We were seeking after things that could never fulfill us. But God sent a Paul. He sent a Pastor Hammond. He sent a Sister Sferlaza. He sent you. He sent me to pull people out. There were three prayers that Paul prayed over the saints in this epistle. One, we get from verse uh, 18. Paul declares a prayer over the saints at Ephesus that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may know what the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, Paul, in his absence, sent a letter to the saints at Ephesus, reminding them of their preeminence, of their calling and place in Christ, no matter what's going on in the world around you, no matter the strongholds of paganism and the daily contending with spiritual wickedness in high places, inside of you is an inheritance that is far greater and above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named the name of depression the name of poverty the name of COVID the name of civil unrest the name of civil injustice the name of every politician and every wall of the enemy that wants to close down the church and stop us from singing and stop us from dancing and stop us from preaching the gospel what is inside of you is greater than and all those other names it's greater in this world and it's greater than the world to come we are gonna be kings and priests with him we are gonna rule with him if we can't get past the issues of this life and the desire to gain natural things of this life and keep our eyes on heavenly places we will never win our with him it's greater than Athena and Diana and these erected temples I believe that God has sent me on assignment this evening to remind all of us that greater is he in you than he that's in the world I pray this evening that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened I remember when that verse came to me Pastor Trevor I had no idea it was in the Bible Believe it or not, I was standing here at this altar and I was going through some issues in my mind because if you're like me, you might be an overthinker. <laughs> sometimes I really overthink some things and sometimes I really don't know how to process some things and I'm not supposed to compare myself not just with the people in the church but with the people outside of this. I'm not supposed to compare myself with those that I see who may be wealthy and see how they can get it or see how I measure up with them. But I'm supposed to be everything that God's called me to be. Do you mind if we shut the live stream? Let me know when you have. But I remember I was standing here at the altar.
or love me. And I strategically just uh, criticize every move that I made, thinking, how can I do it better? What did I do wrong? If I disappointed anybody, I was so down in myself thinking, what can I do? What did I do? That made me become a people pleaser, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be loved, wanting to be fulfilled. But I'm telling you, media, do you have that picture? It was when I came into the house of the Lord. This picture was sent to me today with encouragement to preach the word of God. And when I saw it, I said, God, you're a redeemer. I didn't know in this picture that God, with the tremendous blessings and the richness of his inheritance and what he would do in my life over the years. This was December of 2013. Look at me now, devil. You counted me out. You can take it down. <laughs> well, I got a beehive on my head. <laughs> so I stood at this altar with all of this still going in my mind, asking God, God, help, how can you help me to understand me in your eyes? Because in my mind, I'm living under condemnation. I'm living under the auspices of what happened to me decades ago. Well, I'm not that old, maybe. And God, how can you bring me out of that and actually make me a new creation? And this is what he told me. Pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I'm ready to preach, Pastor Hammond. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask for it and he'll give it to you liberally. It doesn't matter what's going on in your mind or your worldview or the way you view this thing. Pray that the odds of your understanding be enlightened. <laughs> the devil wants, us, wants to keep us locked up in misunderstanding. I'm trying to reach somebody tonight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't matter what we go through. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. The richness of this inheritance that God has given us isn't just for this life, but it's power over all principalities, power over every devil in hell. And it's not just power here on earth, transcends earth to heavenly places. There's enough power in this room to set Fort Myers on fire. But you know what happens? We get locked up in these mindsets of things that have happened to us whether it was yesterday or last month or last week. And although we say we love one another, we're looking at our brother and sisters with glaring eyes just as he looked at me. He never went out to throw a ball with me. He never took me out to teach me anything. But when it was time to discipline me, he was ready with his 
ammo in hand to lash and lash and lash. And I wonder how many of us will look at our brothers and our sisters and be ready to just go in on them at the slightest little imperfection or the bad day that they might have. And our eyes are glaring and we're saying, I love you. But our attitude and our emotions are saying, I'm just ready to just lash out at you. That is not the will of God. That is not the love of God. And I, I got to yank the deception off of the blinded minds. Those who have been there and have seen that look, they know that look. Communication is what? 10% voice, words, if that. 80% body language. I can't tell my sister I love her and my eyes are filled with hate or my disposition is locked up. There are people in here who identify that look and we may not say anything, but it's like I felt the same thing that I felt when that man did that to me. That's not the love of God. I'm just gonna... I'm gonna skip all this and I'm just gonna go where I feel. The second prayer was the inner man. I must decrease that he may de increase. Paul prayed that the saints at Ephesus would be strengthened in their inner man, which is involving an increasing yielding to the Holy Ghost inside of us. Prayer draws us closer to God. We put on the mind of Christ when we pray. When we're empty and depleted, frustrated, confused, depressed, void of faith and understanding, prayer is the only weapon that has power and the ability to recalibrate my entire being. Building up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Prayer is essential. Lack of prayer is impossible to be even to even comprehend the exceeding greatness of the power that God has toward us who believe. It is very impossible to understand the power of the Holy Ghost that worketh in us if we're not connecting to that same spirit and communing with that same spirit and getting built up in that same spirit. And drawing ourselves closer and decreasing as the Spirit of God increases in our lives. Prayer is essential. And for the longest time, I did it because I knew it's something that I was told I needed to do. I had to do it. And I'm, I, I need to be held accountable. But things begin to shift because I was like, God, I'm doing it because it is preaching. Thank God for prayer being preached all over this world and all over this sanctuary. And I got to do it for this long. And I got to be fervent. And I got to reach heaven. And I got to do this. And if I didn't do it like that, then I didn't touch the throne. And then God's mad at me. And then I'm spiraling back under that old mentality. And then I had to come to the conclusion that God, this isn't about how long, isn't about how fervent, it's about me connecting with you. 
And if you take me into a three-hour prayer, if you take me into a six-hour prayer, if you cause me to be an intercessor, or if I'm just pouring my heart out to you, I am communing with you because I'm in relationship with you. We de we're depending on prayer to make it through this. That's what Paul was trying to impart in the people. Yes, you seem like a small, insignificant realm of people in a world that's vast and moving around you. But I need you to continue strong in prayer unto the Lord because that's where you get built up. That's where your answers come from. That's where your strategy comes from. That's where your help comes from. That's where everything you need comes from. And let me just say here at the outset, I thank God for his promises over my life. I look a whole lot different from what I did over 10 years ago. And yes, I prayed for a husband and yes, God brought one, Pastor Trevor, but he didn't bring him for me to be dependent on him. I had already established a love relationship with God that he will never take the place of. Do I love him? Yes. But I was in love with the maker long ago. I come to the conclusion that God, if you don't, I'm still gonna trust you. I'm still gonna save you. I'm gonna die in this gospel. Paul also struggled with the inner man. In Romans 7:21, he says, For I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is always present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of the mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. King David struggled with the inner man when he was drawn away from his own lust and enticed by Bathsheba so much that he attempted to cover up his adulterous acts with murder. Eli struggled with the flesh but not rebuking and correcting his sons Hophni and Phinehas but he allowed their misdeeds to provoke the wrath of God which led to a divine curse being put out on the house of Eli and it ended in the death of his two sons. All of us stand here with the struggles of the flesh but I'm telling you that you have to earnestly contend for the faith the Bible says if we walk in the spirit we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh what happened if Paul allowed his flesh to change his mind about his road to Damascus experience what about the people at Corinth what about the people of Ephesus what about all of those churches that he started what about the Jesus name gospel that he traveled all around the nations to preach that gospel is right here on this soil because the men of antiquity the men of old thought it important for them to take this gospel to all the nations of the world baptizing in the name of Jesus and baptizing with Holy Ghost fire if my people 
which are called by my name should humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their lands. Why don't we all stand? I told you I wasn't gonna be long. The third prayer was Paul's desire that the saints at Ephesus would comprehend the unfathomable love of Christ and an inspiring reminder of the unmatched power of God to exceed all we can imagine. When we are unable to fathom God's love for us as individuals, we become deficient or rather devoid of comprehension of his love for us, making it impossible for his love to flow through us and out of us onto others. If it's possible to, it's, it is possible to serve God and to mind the things of the kingdom while being devoid of his love. I got scripture for it. Media, can you give me Revelation 2 and 1? Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Write, <laughs> these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and I know thy labor, and thy patience, and now thou hast, how thou canst bear them which are evil, and how thou tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and has borne, and has patience for my name's sake, and has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because you left your first love. How can I love God and not love people? God, I pray that there be a baptism, a complete immersion of the love of God in every soul in the Rock Church. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one to another. kidding who are we pretending for God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our hearts the love of God is powerful so powerful that in that through that came the shedding of blood and the remission of sins he said for God so loved the world that he gave his life so that we can be redeemed, so that we can be free. Freedom was connected to love. He didn't beat them over the head about their sleeve links. And I believe in sleeve links or their dress or if they're following guidelines of this and that and the other. It was love. Love lifted me. Media, can you put that picture back up, please? Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. He said, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. God's drawing people every day with love and kindness. Think about that. 
when we hit the streets with the gospel, let it be loved in soft eyes that you addressed these sinners. As we were praying on Sunday, I said, God, this young lady right here, there's nothing different about us. There's nothing different about us. She's a soul, I'm a soul. My righteousness is as filthy rags. She just needs to know you like I know you. That young lady began to speak in tongues. That's the love of God. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to pray fire from the sky on your hands and you just gotta love, love. All of us have offended. All of us have been offended. All of us have had bad days and said things that we probably shouldn't have. For the longest time, I, I blamed that man. I held him accountable and I started blaming everybody for the way that I felt in life and everything. But God helped me to reflect. God said, you haven't suffered to death. <laughs> if you don't forgive him, you're not going to make it. Why don't you come to the front with me? You know, I, I really like Paul because he disregarded the things of this life for the most part. It reminded me of Jesus when he said, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. Paul put the gospel and the people before himself, before his own selfish desires. That's love. And I don't doubt that there were times where he thought he wasn't getting anywhere, it was for naught, that the same people that he loved and tried to convert, tried to kill him, imprisoned him, murder him. Remind you of Jesus? Oh, to be like Jesus, right? I want you to turn to your left and your right. Do you love them? Do you really love them? Are your words kind towards them? Do you want to see them prosper? Do you want to see them used by God in the capacity of which he called them to be? Do you want to link arms with them and go after the principalities of darkness of this world? Are you concerned more about their spiritual success than your own? Are you willing to invest in them? God, to cry with them, to answer the call at midnight, God, to form alliances, to form teams, to be a body of Christ and unity that our bishop has always been trying to herd us into. The world is so much bigger than the walls of the Rock Church. The world is so much bigger than Fort Myers in Florida, the Americas, so much bigger. We got to get it right, right here, right now, y'all. 
I pray that God will, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened tonight. And the love of God, God will flow so deeply in this house and touch every heart and every mind. Oh my God, my God, my God. It's so easy, it's just hugging on a neck that you may have just dodged. A neck that you may have felt that has insulted you or offended you. It's just as easy as looking at them and saying, hey, I love you, I'm sorry. But we're on the same side. Let's join forces together. You gotta pray right now, you gotta pray right now.
Sing of the Lord be upon 